Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Secord, I don't think you know the game you're playing. Go ahead, roll it. The German prototype had the same problem as our first design. The combustion chamber would overheat and explode. My boys finally figured it out. A double-walled chamber into which the fuel is pumped. Cool the chamber and preheat the fuel at the same time. Where's my rocket pack, Secord? You gotta let me use it one more time. I'm tired of square dancing with you, kid. I can slap you with grand theft, treason, espionage, and that's just my shortlist. Willie, give me the cuffs. No, look, they got my girl. Ah, oh, God, Cliff, no. Yeah, they set up a rendezvous. They want to swap Jenny for the rocket. Look, kid, I understand how you feel, but you've got to let us handle this. I got to go alone or they're going to kill her. I'll give you a rocket back tomorrow, I swear. Hey, this ain't negotiation. Those guys are playing for keeps. I can handle Valentine. The Valentine gang has only hired muscle. They're working for a Nazi agent, someone we think is highly placed in Hollywood society, someone our intrepid G-men have been unable to identify. It's Neville Sinclair. What? It's Neville Sinclair. Come on. Yeah, sure, it makes perfect sense. That's why he was bossing Eddie's men around at the South Seas Club. That's why he has Jenny. <laughs> nice try, kid. We're taking him downtown and we're locking him up. We'll take it from here, Mr. Hughes. Let's go, kid. Hey! <laughs> Son of a bitch will fly. Welcome everyone to Smoking and Drinking in Capes, a superhero podcast from a couple guys who wish they had powers. This week, we review the movie that really isn't a superhero movie, but Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge, thinks it is, and John hates us. It's 1991's The Rocketeer. But first, he likes to practice his origami skills on people. It's Jason. How you doing, Jason? I knew you were going to make me that dude. I knew it. Uh, you knew it, huh? You just didn't know how I was going to introduce you, did you? I mean, I, I, I bear no resemblance to the guy. no. Yeah, I, I don't have any of the same mannerisms, but I just knew it. But you do like to do origami. No, I don't. I don't that's think I've ever not... done origami in my life. Mm, you know, that's not what the videotapes show. <laughs> okay, if yeah. you say so. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so uh, what's happening around CBC? Uh, I don't know. We don't do that anymore. Do you, do you not remember that? You know, one of these days... You know, you if you'd will... show up to a meeting every once in a while, you would know these things. I, I showed up to not last meeting, but the meeting before. I don't believe you. You, you weren't there. You wouldn't have known. I, I don't believe you. Yeah, that was like yeah. the only meeting I've missed. No, you've missed a few. Two. I don't I showed you. up. I was the only one that showed up to a meeting. It was me and the Canadians one time. So you weren't the only one. Yeah, it was the most productive. Unless you're, well, unless you're saying can... Canadians don't count as people. <sighs> Is that, is that what you're implying there? You said it, not me. No, no, no. I didn't no, say no, it. You said I'm it. just interpreting no, you, your words. No, you said it. You said it, not me. Not me. Canadians are people too. Unless you ask James. And then James might have something 
some other opinion. He usually does. Yep. All right. So uh, how about a commercial? Let's do it. From one of our other groups. Psst. Excuse us. We've been trying to reach you about your life's traumatic experiences. No, no. Don't hit fast forward. We come in peace. I'm Jamie. And I'm Steph. And we're the hosts of the Stay Wild Trauma Child podcast. We are two best friends who are openly sharing their healing journeys while navigating sudden loss, parenthood, relationships, mental health, and so much more. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and join us every other Tuesday night for some hard truths, a whole lot of laughs, and maybe even a little bit of healing. We will shut up now and let you get back to your show. Stay wild, future trauma child. So you can check them out and all the other great podcasts here on the Creative Brain Candy Network. Um, I guess it's time for a pod crawl. Is it that time already? You don't have any news? No, I don't do superhero news on this show. Oh, yeah, that's right. You do it on the other show. Mm-hmm. I save it for the other show. God, I hate you. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Let's do this. Yeah, let's go. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod crawl the pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl pod crawl excellent insert it deep pod crawl kind of like a space suppository full of information movie opens in 1938 los angeles mobsters are common air races happen all the time and terry o'quinn has a full head of hair our intrepid hero is told not to wreck a plane that the old mechanic worked so hard on my guess is he will wreck the plane Things go smoothly until some mobsters and the FBI show up for their obligatory 1938 car chase. That's how all crime fighting was done in the 30s by the FBI, car chases Mm -hmm. and shootouts. The gangsters decide they need to shoot the random plane that flies overhead. Yep, our hero wrecked the plane. Our hero plays chicken with a car and loses his landing gear in the process. After the gangsters run into a full fuel truck and blow it up, the FBI cleans up the scene and tells everyone to pound sand when asked to take care of the damages caused by their car chase. Meanwhile, Cliff, our hero, finds a strange package in an old plane in the hangar. The package is a cool-looking jetpack. The hero and his sidekick turn it on and watches the rocket flies around the building. Meanwhile, the gangsters head over to James Bond's set and tell him they lost the rocket. Bond sends in the ugly brother of Jaws to interrogate the driver that lost the rocket and fold him in half. Looks like James Bond is looking for a new gadget for his next movie. Our hero and his girl, Betty Ross, go on a date complete with a wheel in the soup and juice on the shirt. Sounds like a classy date. The next day, Cliff tries to apologize to Betty for the premature juicing, but ends up getting her fired from a movie starring Bond. What are the chances that the person looking for the rocket runs into the guy that has the rocket? Pretty good if you're trying to move this crap story along. Cliff leaves and heads to his new side gig as a flying clown. Unfortunately, he's late by a few minutes and some other random old dude flies for him, right into a race that is happening. Why would you have a side entertainment act happening at the same time as the main attraction? Because the story demands action and suspense. Anyway, old dude gets in trouble, our hero straps on the rocket and goes and saves his butt and blows up another plane. Maybe he should get a new profession. The Rocketeer makes the paper and the FBI come knocking to get information. Unfortunately, Ugly Jaws has already been there unfolded Juice Bigelow, Fat Gigolo in half. The mob visit the local pug and grill to look for their missing rocket and end up shooting a random bullet into the rocket that is stashed upstairs. The thugs leave and the old man repairs the rocket with bubble gum. Our hero heads off to save his girl by spilling shit on her blouse again. It works, sorta. She still gets nabbed and taken hostage to Bond's mansion where he gives her something to change into from his personal collection. Jenny from the block ain't no one's bitch and knocks Bond out with a vase. 
she runs to the secret bookcase lair and finds out he's a Nazi. Yep, that tracks. Jenny is tracked down and captured again. Cliff gets a phone call to come trade his woman for the rocket. They meet at the observatory and try to do the exchange. Too bad the mobsters have standards and don't do business with Nazis. The mobsters double-cross Bond, Bond calls in his hidden Nazi forces, the FBI call in their hidden forces. It's like rock-paper-scissors. Oh look, another gun battle, Americans versus Nazis. Bond ends up escaping via the strategically placed blimp, but our hero flies up and saves the day. Bond and Cliff have a bit of a tussle until the inept girlfriend fires a flare in a hydrogen-filled blimp. Apparently, she didn't read the news report about the Hindenburg in New Jersey the year before. The place catches on fire. Bond escapes via a leaky rocket and blows up. The good guys escape off the top of the blimp and are saved just in time by running to the chopper. The governator would be proud. Cue Harry Terry gifting Cliff with a new plane to crash and the hero getting the girl credits. All right. 1991's The Rocketeer. Um, thoughts? Oh, I still hate this movie. Okay, this good. movie. So this movie is such a fucking conundrum because it's got moments where it's actually pretty good. Yeah. And then they do something just right after a really good moment to totally fuck everything up and make it just the shittiest movie out there. Yes. And, and very inconsistent with the, um, uh, abilities of the rocket. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the, 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 the whole rocket premise is, is kind of a dumb, I think anyway, I mean, how does that work? How does that not just fucking burn his legs to a crisp? Uh, he's wearing flame retardant pants. Oh, okay. Are they insulated too somehow? I don't, I don't I, get what, how, I don't know. How well, that works. you know, the rocket is cool to the touch. Therefore his pants must be cool to the touch as well. Right, right. Sure. Yeah. 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 The whole premise of the rocket, I mean, rockets really don't have throttles. Rockets are mm, just kind of rockets. This one, this one did. It had a, uh, they ended up putting in some sort of throttle mechanism apparently because, you know, uh, he could either fly completely out of control or hover a la Iron Man. Yeah, but I mean, rockets back then just, okay. If if you buy the premise that rockets back then had, you know, throttling mechanisms, okay, sure. But still, I mean, how is he not just torching his fucking legs? I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, which is part of the inconsistency because, you know, he doesn't torch his legs, but when he flies over the top of a table, um, yeah, everything, everything catches ex- catches on fire, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... Again, flame retardant pants, apparently. And how does he fucking steer in more than one uh, axis? You know, you've got three uh, axes of, of freedom. Right, right. Whenever yeah. you fly. And he has mm-hmm. a rudder on his head that mm-hmm. supposedly yep. helps him helps steer for the turn, on for the turning, one yeah. axis. Mm-hmm. What about the other two? Uh, you look up. Arch your back. Arch your back. You know. <laughs> okay. I don't uh, sure. Um, you think heavy thoughts? <laughs> heavy thoughts, right? I, I don't. I don't know. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's just fucking stupid. Well, I see. I I kind of think that that rocket is. It's kind of like a, you, you know, it it has some AI in it. It has to because they strapped a wooden dummy to it and it came right back to them. It has AI in it. It has AI. It, what is it? 
20 something years, about 20, well. Oh, it's so, 1938, yeah. Yeah, so they, they started kind of toying around with AI in the 50s. So yeah, about 20 uh-huh. years before AI was really Look, even thought of. Howard Hughes, he was a man before his time. He he really was. I mean, Howard Hughes was a was a smart man. I mean, he, he had definitely had complications. He was uh, he was a troubled man at times, but but mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was a well known aviator, and of course he was he came from the Hughes family fortune, so he was nice and rich. Um, but I mean, it's always a plus. <laughs> it was still, I, I yeah, it, it I don't know, it just. There were there were a lot of there were a lot of Easter eggs, a lot of cool nuggets that they put in um, for for aviation fans, especially for aviation fans uh, who know some of Howard Hughes's history. Uh, that that was yeah. kind of cool. I mean, the, the moments the the movie had moments. It's just the the moments were ruined. All the action scenes, all the fucking action scenes were horrible. Uh, yeah, the. The CGI or the or the the scenes where he's flying around. Yeah, it wasn't CGI. Um, it was just it no, was it models wasn't. It that was were superimposed. Yeah, right, it was. Composited. It was it, yeah, I was going to say it was composited in in Star Wars. Original Star Wars looked better than that did. Yeah, and what and the funny thing is, is this was done 70s. by ILM in the, ILM in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah, it was awful. It was it was bad. Yeah. I mean, just beyond the special effects, just the the choreography of the fight scenes and the action scenes was bad. The the yeah. wire uh the wire stunts that they did were bad. Uh it just it was it was bad. The best scenes were the dialogue between some of the main characters. Uh that was that was decent. I did like the guy who played um Oh, what is his fucking name? Um, what did he play? Oh, the Rocketeer. What was his name? Oh, Billy Campbell. Yeah, I like Billy Cliff Campbell, Seagord. but yes. Yeah, Cliff Seacord. Yeah, Seacord. So I liked his character. I, he, that that was a pleasant surprise. I thought he played it well. I thought he played mm-hmm. a, a young, cocky pilot very well. Yeah. Of course, I uh, love Jennifer Connelly's uh, character, oh, Jenny. Oh, man. I've never wanted to be a, a technical uh, drawing more in my life. Right. Um, it just and and Alan Arkin is is always great. Just yeah. and and the the dialogue, the give and take between uh, Secor and Alan Arkin's character uh, was really good. I, I I liked the dynamic between them, but this is supposed to be. An action movie, right? And the action fucking sucks. It it's supposed to be a superhero, supposedly, but yeah, it's supposed to be action. Uh, Wikipedia calls it a superhero movie, but really, there wasn't any heroing happening. Well, really, it was based off than, of a it was based off a graphic novel, right? And right, so I, I can see this being a superhero movie. Okay. Or especially, to. especially from from like the the superheroes from from that era. So, if this is if this is trying to kind of create some of the the pulp uh, comics yeah. or the pulp novels from the 1930s era, um, yeah. You know, and to their credit, to their credit, they were hoping to get a trilogy out of this thing. Uh, it just performed 
terribly. Well, because it's a horrible movie. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, none. They didn't get any of the people that they wanted to get for this movie. Uh, Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, like Cliff was supposed to be like uh, Kevin Costner or Matthew Modine. Uh, Yeah, I can't see Kevin Costner at all. Modine could work. I could see Matthew Modine doing this. Kirk Russell, Bill Paxton, Emilio Estevez. Wait, they wanted Kirk Russell for the the lead? Dennis Quaid. Yeah, these were the guys that they they tried. Kurt Russell and Dennis Quaid would have been too old for this character. They, they, They auditioned for the part, right? So none of them got it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dennis Quaid and Kurt Russell are, are great actors, but they, they they just wouldn't fit in this role, in this character. Yeah. They, the, they would have been too old. I mean, they would have been, what, a little bit younger than Timothy Dalton at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they also, they also were trying to get, like, Lloyd Bridges uh, to play the part of... Uh, What's his face? PV. Lloyd Bridges is PV. Yeah, they they were trying to get them. I don't know that that would have worked. No, I don't don't think so. Well, I mean, maybe Lloyd Bridges is a was was a pretty good actor. He might have been able to pull off the kind of uh, absent-minded professor character. Yeah, Uh, Diane Lane to take the place of uh, Jim. So Diane Lane back in the day that that could have worked. Yeah. yeah, she's she's about the same age as uh, Jennifer Connelly, yeah. so I think that would have worked. But it wouldn't have worked with somebody like uh, Kurt Russell um, because he's twenty years older than Diane Lane or 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 Jennifer yeah, Connelly. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have worked, right? Yeah. So so th- that would have been Oogie. Even for the '90s, I think. Oh yeah, it was super oogie. It, uh, yeah, it was super oogie. Whenever Nazi dude, um, oh yeah, Neville, uh, Neville when yeah. he fucking you know kidnapped her, he's a he. Oh my god, he is a super creep. He carries chloroform oh, yeah. around with him on dates. Yeah, he right? has a fucking bedroom that locks from the outside. Yeah, and he's got he's got an entire wardrobe yeah, of female in, clothes in that bedroom. He has yeah, yeah, an yeah. entire wardrobe of you female this clothes, including yeah. see-through lingerie. Right, it's not his first. No, rodeo. this isn't his fucking first time doing no, this shit. No, no, no. And that's he's just, a nazi. That's just a that's just a Saturday night for him. <laughs> oh my god. He yeah. was just way too smooth. Whenever he did the, does this rag smell like ether? Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So I thought, I remember when I watched this, I thought he was, I was like, oh, he's, he's a Nazi, right? I mean, they telegraphed that from the beginning. Um, just when they were bringing in the whole, you know, when they mentioned the, the blimp coming over, it's like, oh, right, right. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. And then they show it, you know, and, and nothing against Timothy Dalton, but. Has he ever played a character that doesn't have a British accent? That's a good question. Let's I look. I don't think so. I need I to mean, look at his uh, filmography. I mean, he is British. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. He's Welsh. Was he Was he British in that? Yes. I haven't seen Penny Dreadful. Okay, yeah, yes, so I thought he, he was, was. He was part of the uh, aristocracy in that, yeah. He played He played uh, Alexei Volkov in Chuck. Um and he was British in that. It's a, a Russian name, and he's British in that. Um, 
you go James Bond. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, yeah. I mean, the- uh, he played Boris Pochenko in Beautician and the Beast. Okay, but did was that as a was that with a British accent or not? Because I mean, he played no. I think uh, I think he was a dictator of a fictional Eastern European country in that. So he might not have had a. I've never seen it, right? Um, because I have absolutely no desire to see Beautician and the Beast. Uh, but oh, I think it's uh, on the list. For sci-fi. No, it's not, because it is not sci-fi. Um, but, yeah, maybe he didn't have one there? I don't know, but I, I just, it it. American Outlaws, I bet he didn't. Uh, he played Alan Pinkerton in American Outlaws. He probably didn't have one there. No, he did. Did he? He did. You've seen that? Yeah. Uh-huh, I have that. Of course I have that. That's got Allie Larder in it. She's a, she's a nice little piece. Um, I haven't and, seen that. Oh yeah, it's oh, it's got Western. Scott Con in it too. Yeah, Scott Con, uh, Ali Lauder, and then um, Colin Farrell, or yeah, Colin Farrell. Yeah, huh. I haven't yeah. seen that one. That's that's a Western uh, that kind of flew in under my radar. Flew under the. It's actually, uh, you know, it's not terrible. Not, Mr. Pricklepants was he? Did he have a British accent? Toy Story Three. I'm trying to think of. I don't remember. I don't remember Toy Story Three. I mean, as far as that, it was also in Toy Story Four as Mr. Pricklepants. Right. I didn't watch Four. I don't remember so I don't, Mr. I don't Pricklepants. Know. Let's do some research on the fly. See if there is. Yeah, a, a stuffed hedgehog. <laughs> did a hedgehog. Have a British accent. I can't remember. I don't know. Mr. Pricklepants videos. Uh, let's see. Let's yeah, see. I don't know. I've got a meet Mr. Pricklepants YouTube here. Oh, yeah, he's he's British. <laughs> so I guess he just doesn't, which is fine. I mean, some actors just don't. Uh, yeah, and he's stray he's outside a, of their their native accent. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it just was weird. Uh, it was weird that a leading Hollywood. Especially in the 30s, I would think leading Hollywood guys, you know, they're they're looking for the American guy, you know, the all American. I would think. No, 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 no. So his character was based off of Errol Flynn, and Errol Flynn was Australian. Oh, was he? Yeah. Was was he based off of that? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that character was based off of Errol Flynn, which was a big uh, actor during that time. I mean, he was one of the leading actors during that time. Um, and yeah, Errol Flynn had an accent, although he didn't do an accent in all of his movies, but yeah, he was from Australia. Yeah. It's just weird. They tried to get, uh, they wanted to get Jeremy Irons for that, uh, instead of, uh, instead of Jeremy Irons. Let's see. Jeremy Irons back in 91. I could see Jeremy Irons in 91 doing that. He's about the, yeah, he's about the same age. Yeah, he's, he's about the same age. I was just trying to think of, of uh, some movies that he was in back in 91. And Jeremy yeah. Irons, I think, has a, a thicker British accent than uh Yeah, than but he Dalton. has played, hasn't he played a Nazi before? Has he? Jeremy uh, Irons? I thought he did. Let's find out. Man. I was... I was pretty sure he did. Um, 
I mean, he's got a filmography as long as my leg, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get past no. his theater credits. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of um, uh, the guy from Inglorious Bastards. Guy, um, which guy from Inglorious Bastards? He was also in uh, Django Unchained. Oh, oh, um, uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Christa, Christoph- Chris, Christopher, um, yeah, shit. Uh, Walt Christopher? No, Walt Christopher Waltz. Christopher Waltz? Yeah, Christopher Waltz. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, Christopher Waltz. Yeah, but yeah. he's Austrian. Yeah, I just I was uh, I was originally thinking of him when I was thinking of Jeremy Irons. Oh. I was thinking oh. not I was thinking of him, but I was thinking of him as far as an, uh, being in the uh uh playing a German before or playing a Nazi before. All right, so he did Moonlighting. I don't remember him in Moon- Oh, that's not Moonlighting the the uh, television series. Uh, Nazi. Did he play a Nazi? He's in Die Hard with a Vengeance. I remember that. Uh, in 91, he was doing Beggar's Opera and Kafka. Uh, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons in 2000. That was an awful movie. Don't go watch that. Yeah. Man in the Iron it. Mask was a good movie. Definitely mm. go watch that. Aragon. He put. He was in Aragon. I remember that. Don't see anything that he would have been as a Nazi. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. So so the general consensus is um, not that great of a movie. No, no, uh, the movie sucked. Yeah. Don't go watch uh, this movie. It sucks. Well, it's on Disney Plus, so uh, you know if you're bored um, and you're looking for a terrible time, then go do something else. Go do something go else. Go slam your toe in a door. Right, right, right. That will take you out of your boredom, and it's a terrible time. But it's better yeah. than watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. It, this one wasn't great. Um, a lot of it didn't make sense. I mean. The whole Nazi premise was a little, I mean, okay, it kind of made sense trying to take over the world or whatever, um, but the whole blimp thing was kind of dumb. You know, this blimp just kind of deviates from its flight path, goes over the uh Well, no, they said it was going to go to Hollywood. Well, yeah, but it goes over, would it go straight to would it where's Griffith Observatory in relation to it's on it's in the mountains outside of Hollywood outside of Los okay. Angeles all right there's a mountain range um, yeah. just outside of Los Angeles and it's on one of the peaks of that mountain range yeah I don't know it just it, it you know it's just like how do you not see that there's Nazis hiding in the bushes how do you not see the FBI come rolling up you know it was very very implausible on all fronts. Yeah, I mean <laughs> pushing pushing a truck with a rocket pack. It's <laughs> kind of fucking dumb too. Yeah, and you can tell yeah. that they just sped up the film. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was dumb. Um yeah. Yeah, it was a comedy of errors, a lot of this uh movie. I, I don't understand what uh what the big dude 
was there for. Okay, not only do I not understand the big dude, um, but why did they have to make the big dude have a prosthetic face? Yeah, I don't know. Because even when he was trying to talk, his lips didn't move. Oh, I know. The prosthetics were so bad. They were so static. It was ridiculous. I mean, it it was was worse than the prosthetics that they put on uh, what's-his-face in Masters of the Universe, and that was awful. That stupid elf gnome thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't even remember his name because that movie's so awful that I tried to block it out of my memory, but... And yet we had to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, both you and James. You're welcome. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Well, you know, you're... I'm getting... uh, payback today seems like you put this on the fucking list did i yes oh i wonder why because you are an awful awful person possibly possibly um you know good news though we can put the uh eventual sequel on the list because it does look like um they are releasing a disney plus exclusive um of the rocketeer well, yeah, but it's a children's, like, computer-generated animated show. It's already out. No, no. There's a completely different one coming out. Are you sure? Yes. Uh, in February of 20... Yeah, so there's the Rocketeers, which is that animated thing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. There is another one that uh, in August of 2021, the sequel was officially titled The Return of the Rocketeer, um, and the plot will center around a former Tuskegee uh, Tuskegee Airman who inherits the jetpack suit and the heroic mantle. Is Jennifer Connelly in it? Probably not, because not even um, uh, Billy is in this one. It's, well, if, uh, Jennifer, if Jennifer Connelly isn't in it, and if she's not naked, I'm not interested. I'm washing my hair would- that day. She wasn't naked in this one, but she did get juice on herself. She did. Yeah. Yeah. I I I would have person personally I would have tried to clean that up for her. <laughs> of course she would. You mm-hmm. would have also been the one with the fucking ether soaked rag. Look, I always keep it in my back pocket. Always, just in case. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know when you need an ether soaked rag. Yeah. Except never. never. Know. No, no, no. There are times where it would be um, handy. Like when I was watching this movie, I could have chloroformed myself. That would be about the only time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would have helped. It would have helped a lot. So not much to this movie. Some of the action scenes, not action scenes, but some of the dialogue scenes I do agree with you were um, decent. I love period pieces, and I love yeah. the, the the costuming and the, the set design in this. I thought they did a really good job for a period piece. One of my favorite periods is the time between World War One and World War II, especially in Los Angeles, because that was kind of where a lot of the noir... Uh, the noir stories happened is it is in that time frame in Los Angeles and and I love uh, noir pieces although this wasn't really a noir piece uh, it still kind of had that that feel I love the art deco style of of the time 
that's that's just a, a a period of history and that location that I really love. I love the stories out of that that uh, period as well. They did a good job capturing that atmosphere and that environment and that feel. They just didn't follow it up with anything else in the movie to to make it worthwhile. It just kind of fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah, it kind of like, fell flat. Like the Perry Mason series. Uh, on HBO Max that came out a couple of years ago was set in the same time period in Los Angeles. They nailed the setting and the feel in that series, and the writing was was phenomenal. I love that series. I can't wait for the the, the next season if they're going to do a next season. I hope they do. Um, I, I loved everything about that series, um, and it was a it was a noir piece as well. So that 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 really. I mean, it was it was just one of the uh, one of those perfect series that that I could watch over and over again. Uh, in fact, uh, the the person that's going to be playing She Hulk was in that series. Uh, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, Tatalia Mosley. Yeah, something like that. Mosley. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to be playing She Hulk. I'm not sure how because she's not very tall, but I guess CGI. CGI. I guess I don't know, but yeah. Um, she'll probably do a good job. She was, she, she did a good job in that series. I just, I don't see, I don't see her physical attributes lending, uh, lending it their, themselves to her being a very tall green woman. The other thing I was, uh, was looking at is, um, man, I don't know. I lost, I lost track where I was. Holy crap. Oh, oh, the other thing I was looking at was that um the director of this Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Joe Johnston. Yeah, um, I recognize he, that name. Yeah, he ended up um Captain America he ended up directing Captain America the first Avenger, the yeah. first one. Yeah. So and the reason for it is because they liked what he did with this in terms of being a period piece. Okay, then somebody was smoking a fuck ton of pot. When they watched this movie, because well, the think, action sequences in this movie suck. maybe not maybe not the action part, but as far as the the uh, being a period piece, they kind of like how he handled it, I guess. Okay, well that's fine, but Captain America is an action movie, and that was one of their fucking flagship movies, one of their tentpole movies for the MCU. So true. Basing their pick of director for that movie based off of this movie, I mean, they they rolled the dice in hopes that well, he could he could actually pull off a decent action scene uh, in the what twenty years between Captain America and this movie, almost twenty years. Yeah. Maybe did did he do some other stuff? Um, I mean, uh, other fuck one would hope. Yeah, I mean, as far as other period pieces between now and then, that would have that would have done it. Uh, so he had uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Jumanji, Jumanji, Jurassic, yeah, Jurassic Park Jurassic three, Park three, the Jumanji the ninety uh, five version, right? The Rock, and then uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, which was two thousand eleven. Oh, October Sky. He directed uh, October Sky. Which October is Sky a, was not an action movie. Well, no, but it was a it was another one of those period pieces. It was a period, so he does period pieces very well. But yeah. 
Captain America is not just a period piece. Well, I would say true. Captain America is more an action flick than it is a period piece. Yeah, I would I would agree agree with that. So he did know. the Page Master after this, which was not good. Um, Hidalgo. Hidalgo was a decent movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That the horse one, the horse yeah, race, yeah, racing his horse in Arabia, yeah, yeah. It was the horse race movie. Uh, it was it was basically a western that took place in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, the Wolfman. I've never seen that. Uh, that was part of that. Uh, wasn't that part of the whole uh, horror thing that the Universal was trying to do? Uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I've never no, seen no, it. I I haven't either. But I mean, so between the Rocketeer, he did the the Page Master, which the <coughs> not very good. Uh, he did do Jum- Jumanji. Jumanji was a decent movie, but it was like a it was a comedy adventure movie. the The action scenes were a lot of CGI. I, I guess they were okay. October Sky yeah. was was just a, a period drama. I mean, it was it yeah. was a great movie. Don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. I had allergies during that movie. <laughs> and then Jurassic Park 3. I don't really remember Jurassic Park 3, so it must not really have been all that great. It was the weakest of the three. Yeah. Hidalgo was okay. I mean, it had some action parts in it, especially whenever they're, you know, doing the race across the desert. But, mm-hmm. I mean, it was more of a of a drama, of, of kind of like a dramatic epic or an epic western it wasn't really an action movie um the wolfman i've never seen and then we go into captain america so i'm not i I, they they took a gamble they took a gamble on this dude yeah in the hopes that he could do well with captain america i guess but i mean it paid off i mean we, we can talk about that you know eventually another day right right yeah so so anything else you want to bring up no. About this movie? No, not no. really. Yeah, I mean, we kind of beat around the bush. Movie kind of sucks. I mean, Jennifer um, Connelly made the movie for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Jennifer was, uh, Connelly still hot. Man, she's still hot at 50. Thank well, you very much. Well, I know. Oh. Yeah, Jennifer. Baby. No, nope. you call me. Nope. No, no, we're not going to Call gonna me. Go don't yeah, call yeah, yeah. Rob. Rob yeah, don't can't do give you anything. All right. All right, well, um, it's time for Superhero Roll Call. Or superpower roll call. It's your show you don't even know what the segment's called. I know. Well, it's because there's not really any superpowers. So, but who's, which superpower would you have from this show? I don't know. I I don't want a fucking rocket. I know that. Okay. Um, I'll take, uh, Howard Hughes, uh, money and intelligence. How's that? Okay. Either or, I don't even need them both. I'll just take one or the other. Okay. I personally, I would like to be, uh, uh, Jennifer Connelly's, uh, wardrobe. (laughs) That's not a superpower, but it is a good choice. It is. Yeah. Well, there's no superpowers in this. I mean, maybe the rocket. Yeah. Great. But no. Would you would you watch this sequel that they're no. doing just no. for intrigue? No. No? No. Okay. Have no interest in, in seeing a sequel of this movie. Okay. At all. All right. All right. 
Uh, you got any awards? Uh, yeah, I guess so. A few. If I make, if I must. Yeah, if I have make to. You. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, who's got your black lung then? All right. So my black lung's going to go to Uncle Polly. Uh, he lit up the cigar and then threw it at Neville after Neville insulted him while he was in the South Seas in his office at the South Seas restaurant. Right, right. Uh, mine's just going to go to the mobsters, uh, specifically those two mobsters that uh, uh, shot up the pug. Um, you know, they, they lit up a cigarette while they were uh, shaking down the patrons of the uh, parlor or bar or whatever it is, grill. Yeah. You get the Uncle Polly reference, right? No. Oh my God, you suck. Yeah. Sorry. Paul Sorvino. Oh yeah, yeah. Played yeah. Polly in, uh, which was the the uh, mafia boss in Goodfellas. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm there. I got gotcha. you. That was a good reference. Headlush. Um, I'm giving it to the Laughing Bandit. Uh, you know because he. Uh, fought the guy and then picked up the drink and immediately drank. Yeah. And they had to do like 26 takes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he was a little tipsy if it was indeed real. Yeah. So I'm going to give mine to Neville as well. Uh, not only for that, but uh, he and Jennifer Collinley were, were drinking champagne at the South Seas mm-hmm. Club he also she was brought, wearing champagne. That's true. She wore champagne after a while. Um, and he also brought her some brandy uh, after he, you know, kidnapped her and roofied her. Well, that's um, the best way to get rid of that. Uh, get rid of that the, chloroform the, hangover. Yeah, is, is, yeah that is post-chloroform brandy. hangover. Is yeah. Chase it with some brandy. Yeah. yeah. So um, he, he's getting mine. And he was right. really the, the one that drank the most in the, in the show. So Yeah, he did. All right, how about uh, player? Oh, my player. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to give my player probably to... Uh, well, I'm going to give my player to Jennifer Connelly because, uh, yeah, she was... I mean, she played me. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to give it to Jennifer as well, but mostly because uh, she could get both the Flyboy and... Um, the actor. Yeah. And me. Um, cause I, you know, I think at first he was going after her to try to get to the rocket, but I, I think, I think he, she won him over. I mean, he doesn't just drug and bring That's the right. old girl to his house. <laughs> he doesn't kidnap all of his dates, but the yeah. ones that he does, uh-huh. he brings brandy to afterward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, how about, um, how about the purple hippo? Um, Who you got for that? Shit, I don't know. Nobody had a, a real fucking weird trippy moment. I guess I'm going to give that to uh, Jennifer Connelly as well for getting chloroformed uh, at the South Seas and then waking up in a strange bedroom that she couldn't get out of because yeah. who has a bedroom like that? Only weird um, kidnapper rapist people. Only Nazis. Well, and Nazis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. I'm giving it to uh, Jennifer Connelly for getting uh, drugged and uh, kidnapped. All right. Any final thoughts? Don't watch this movie. This movie sucks. It sucked back in the 90s. It sucks today. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs>
I wholeheartedly agree. All right, so next time, uh, it isn't a uh, it isn't a random. Um, next time we will be doing a Patreon um, Patreon's choice. Oh my God! Yes, these are sir. either really good or really bad. Well, I mean. I personally think this one will be all right. Uh, so this one comes from uh, Star-Lord. Uh, his request. And, and Star-Lord uh, hates us. Yeah. Not this time, though. Really? Uh, I'm, o- I'm okay. Yeah. So next week, we will be reviewing the movie where teen Miles Morales becomes the Spider-Man of oh. his universe and must join with five spider-powered individuals from other dimensions to stop a threat for all realities. It is 2018's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. Um, so he yeah. actually did give us a good one. Yeah, well, thank he you, gave Star-Lord. Us, yeah, he gave us a good one. So we will be uh, reviewing that one next week. and Or in two weeks, I guess I should say. Um, so look forward to that. Uh our intro and outro music is Demon by JVNA. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix by Machette. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkingincapes.com slash Discord. You can also email us at smokinganddrinkingincapes at outlook.com. Visit Creative Brain Candy for more great shows and other creative works at creativebraincandy.com. Uh, for this week, I am the juice on Jennifer's Bluffs. And Jenny... You can fold me up and put me next to your bosom anytime you'd like. Mm. And we will see you next time.